Just putting it out there. If FTR wants to appear on a pro wrestling podcast and get absolutely zero backstage heat, they are welcome to come on with me and Mike to the Misspots podcast. No one's listening to this shit, I promise. This and more self-deprecation coming up on the Misspots podcast. Time to play the Well, uh, I'd like to just start this show off by saying hi to Kevin's dad. He's the only person listening right now. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jim. And let's let's talk about some wrestling. We you want to talk at all about AEW? Do you want to talk ABW first? Do you want to talk about what we always end up having to do, which is the week before NXT because we had a big title match? What are you feeling, Mike? What's, well, what's what spice do you like? I, I I say let's let's talk some NXT because. I I just like the week before didn't get a chance to watch all of the show. I only watched the title match. Uh Adam Cole, Keith Lee, champion versus champion. So this was we we were we talked a little bit about it on the last show because we had the result, but we hadn't yet seen the match. After now seeing the match Kevin, what were your thoughts on the match? I really love this. I, I this was a professional wrestling match. There wasn't too much. There was there was a little outside stuff where Keith Lee missed. A, I think they're calling it a pounce uh, on Adam Cole and went into the glass and the the barricade. But it what they weren't outside for twenty minutes. At no point did the announcers have to go. You know they're letting them fight for this one because it's a title match. They didn't have to do that because you know what they know how to book a wrestling match. And not have pacing issues where a bunch of crap happens on the outside that does not in any way affect the finish of a match. Uh, I think they did a great job with that. We had trading of holds. I love the the the, the start of the match with a side headlock, but a but an aggressive side headlock with facials and body and selling. And I love the knuckle lock and the pacing of everything in the beginning. There was body language. There were facial expressions. I believed these people as a baby face and as a heel. I believed the selling of it. The pacing was good to start the match with some holds and some wrestling and go into some more of the bigger spots. We had we didn't have a shit ton of finisher kickouts. We didn't have you know we just we had we didn't have a thousand near falls. This was just a really good match. I love the shit talking from Adam Cole early on when he was still cocky because he's a a, a long rating champion. Uh, yeah, this was just good stuff, man. This was a really really good professional wrestling match. You know, it's that I loved watching. I I thought this was a very good match as well. But there's one thing that you said there that is kind of funny to me about there not being so many near falls. I was watching this match and my fiance was watching it as well. And she at one point goes, 
how many times is this guy going to almost beat the other guy? Uh, and it was in regards to Keith Lee when he had the advantage at one point during the match and he was beating up on Adam Cole. And she actually thought that this would lead to a comeback for Adam Cole uh, to <laughs> okay. ultimately win. But uh, like, I, I like how she picks up on some of that stuff now. Like she gets the pacing of like a, a traditional wrestling match. Uh, yeah, but, but, the, but what I meant about the near falls is that we didn't have murder it, spots. Yes, that, we that's, didn't have that's very those, true. We, yes, it wasn't overboard have, on that. It was we believable. Did not have, we did not have spots that should have logically ended a match, Yeah, result in a near fall, so that the finish was less exciting than than the eighth minute of the match. Because they... Go ahead. It, it should be said, like, near falls... Uh, should happen throughout the match because oh, guys course, go for pinfalls. They're trying to win yes. matches. But yeah, it's like you said, the murder falls or uh, like just continuous spamming of their finishers and signature moves uh, in, in an attempt to get the win. We routinely see people kick out of the most aggressive, most impressive spot in a, in a match maybe the two or three most impressive spots in the match, and then take a pinfall on something that relatively looks weak next to it. This was not that. They built to a finish. There was just there was just good shit all, all around. The one thing I regret about this is that I wasn't watching it live because I, I, I'm, I'm learning more and I'm trying to be open-minded when I'm watching a lot of the AEW stuff that I don't like and the NXT stuff I don't like too, is why, I'm, why don't I care about the Young Bucks? Because I don't, I can't get invested in anything they do. At no point are they real characters that I want to see win. They're just guys that are really impressive that can do a lot of acrobatic stuff. And it's fun to watch, but at no point am I invested in their character. I was invested in this match and wanted to see Keith Lee win and did not know if he was going to. If I were watching this without knowing the result, I would have jumped up and pumped my fist for the finish on this. They got me hooked. I just was, unfortunately, I knew the, the finish before I started watching it. Uh, Morrow, best announcer in the game today. He's just great. Yeah. Across the board, there is enthusiasm. There is, there is storytelling in this. There was great. Tom Phillips. His middle name now is Tom Unnecessary Phillips because he adds nothing at all except for a faux Michael Cole voice doing bad WWE Michael Cole stuff. Uh, so I, that sucked. I still really don't understand his purpose in this because he seems to just pop in with thoughts so randomly as if he is not actually with Morrow and Beth, and they—no, he's not. He's not. No, they, two weeks ago they showed him by himself at a table announcing, and Morrow and and Beth aren't even there. It seems like they're calling in their commentary or something. I, they they do not seem like they're recording in the same place at all and and he adds nothing yeah he adds nothing to the program whatsoever other than maybe being a corporate voice to make vince mcmahon happy might as well get art donovan out there <laughs> tom phillips is my inside pick he's got the inside track for worst commentator of the year award right now for 2020 oh uh but 
No, I, I really love this match. This is what, I, it, when people would say to me, well, you hate all this and you hate this and you hate this. What do you like? This. I like this. Like this wrestling match between these guys. I love the facial expressions. I love Keith Lee. I want to get behind Keith Lee. I believe in Keith Lee. I believe in him as an athlete. He looks different from everybody else on any roster. He's his, I'm telling you, his, I, I was blown away by his facial expressions. You've I, said I that not, before and I, and I, completely agree he even if you were in the in the 20th row i think you could see it i think you can see it in his body language and he sells it his his fighting spirit even is not like everyone else's like when you see a lot of those the wrestlers do the fighting spirit thing they they take some hits and they they build up that strength from being hit there's this like teeth gritting look to people when he's doing it he's keeping like almost a straight face and it's like it's like oh he is pissed like it, it's not that he's firing himself up i mean he is to a certain extent but there's just that that look on his face even his confidence look has somewhat of a straight face to it that it's just like yeah I know, like, I'm going to kill you now. And I, I, I dig his facial reactions and his, uh, to nearly everything. And he is a fantastic seller. When he was selling for, for all of the offense he was taking from Adam Cole, like, he looks in pain. He looks in agony. Like, dude is just great. And Cole is there too. Cole yeah. sells oh, cocky. Yeah. Cole sells surprise. Cole sells. He he's he's a he's a really really good professional wrestler. And he, next to Keith Lee, he looks like a child. <laughs> yeah, but he still pulls it off, and that's impressive. I, I was impressed by this entire presentation. I wish I would have been watching it compared to what we were watching on the other show that day. Uh, real quick, the only other things I had to say about this is I'm really happy to see Mercedes Martinez. Uh, back because now that they've ruined Shayna Baszler on the main roster because the MMA influence badass that looks like nobody else who actually thinks seems like she could kick your ass they've just they don't want that because they want the antithesis of that uh, uh, for Raw or Smackdown now we've got another shot with this character uh, and I love the Fisherman Buster as a finish that that she's using i think that's really cool and uh, i'm just i'm just happy that since shana's fallen into the black hole we've got another opportunity to have another person do what she was doing on nxt did you i'm guessing you didn't watch this. Uh, i did not know yeah it, it wasn't great it, it was just a nice simple pro wrestling match it was not super smooth she's rough around the edges but i believe that she was going to kick that other person's ass yeah and i believe that she could do it and she did and that's all I'm asking for when it comes to those kind of things when you're building a character. The other thing that I took out of this, the opening match of last week was Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae in a in a hardcore anything goes, street fight, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I think I know why I hate these matches. Because you have two people who are supposed to hate each other and want to brutalize each other and get their hands on each other and drive their skulls into the mat. And they spend 60 to 75% of their time setting up furniture. 
they throw stuff in the ring that they haven't used yet. They go and set up tables and chairs, and there's a chair in the ring, but they grab four more chairs because we got to get the finish spot in where you do stuff on a bed of chairs. If When these matches really mean something, it's when someone runs to the ring in street clothes and starts beating the piss out of the other person, and they start beating the piss out of them back. And all of a sudden, they start fighting on ringside because this is a no-count-out match because they booked the stipulation, and they grab something off a table. They didn't plan on it. They didn't go under the ring and pull it out and put it in a nice little spot for them to use later on. They grab stuff organically, and they use what's around them to attack their, their opponent. And all these matches, almost all of them, don't do any of that. Nothing looks organic. Everything looks pre-planned. And no one ever looks like they hate each other. Because you, if you really want... I've, I have had people in my life that I really disliked. I've had situations in my youth where I was a little more fiery and angry. Whether they're customers at the restaurant I worked at or whatever it was. And if I wanted to kick the shit out of them, I wasn't going to go, you know, play around with furniture for 15 minutes before I got into a fight <laughs> with them. And and this is the thing that I, I, do, I don't believe it. I did not believe that Mia Yim and Candice LeRae had any beef. It looked, it looked like Mia Yim and Candice LeRae said, hey, you want to do a bunch of crap later on? Hey, you do this and set this table up over here and do this. And then we're going to do wrestling stuff. And I think that's a, an overall problem I have with that style of wrestling. Nothing looks real. Nothing looks believable. So you're trying to tell me that you wouldn't set up like a Home Alone style restaurant of horrors on a terrible customer of yours. I, listen, I'm not <laughs> saying I wouldn't do that, but if that person was there in front of me and, and, and smack talking me and wanting to fight me, like if I want to get my hands on someone, you have I a fork go, and a knife at your disposal <laughs> right there. I, I want to go attack that person. And I, I just, I feel like everything just gets way too cute in these matches and everything got way too cute with AEW and the Moxley match. And it, it just seems like, What's lost in this is two people hate each other and want to fight. And when that happens, and when you get Keith Lee and Adam Cole, who this wasn't the blood feud by any stretch of the imagination. This wasn't a long-running feud. But I believe these guys were fighting for something, and they were competing with each other to win a match. With that hardcore match in the earlier, I didn't believe that. With the uh, with half the stuff that went on at AAW this week, I didn't believe any of that. With a lot of the rest of the stuff that went on at NXT that I didn't make any notes on, I didn't believe any of it. But when it's done right, that's what I want to see in wrestling. And uh, so thank you, Keith Lee and Adam Cole, for giving me the, the one good thing that I watched this week. All right, so let's talk about the stuff that you didn't like this week uh, in AEW. Fight for the Fallen, a, another uh, Dynamite special following two weeks of dyna- Dynamite specials. But this is where we're finally getting Moxley Cage for the title. Before talking about that, let's talk about some of the undercard. Um, let, let's get what I believe to be your big issue out of this the is, way this is this this isn't the new fun segment is that you tell me what i hated and i and i almost always say yes you're right uh the six-man tag 
I have never seen a worse tag match. I'm talking about a superstars tag match with the Bushwhackers versus a job team in 1989. Rather watch that. The tag match with the Nightmare Sisters, which I didn't even know were a thing, was a (laughs) phenomenal tag match. Was a barn burner tag match next to the garbage that that Elite versus Jurassic Express thing was. That was a really shitty battle royal. That's what that was. <laughs> that was a really, really shitty battle royal where they didn't know you had to throw people over the top to have them eliminated. There were no tags. There was just people fighting and doing things. And I'm telling you, man, Jungle Boy, ridiculously athletic yeah. and impressive. Marco Stunt, I never want to see him fight in a match ever again. He could be a great manager. He could accompany those guys to the ring. He could get involved. If we get a, a another team that has a, a smaller person, a Harvey Whippleman-type manager, we could see him compete in a six-person or, or get a pin off somebody. He should never compete in a match. But he's impressive as far as his acrobatics. Obviously, the Bucks and Omega are amazing athletes. But none of that matters when I want to watch a professional wrestling match. They did so many contrived, unbelievable uh, spots. They did n- nothing mattered. I'm I'm convinced at one point they just decided that Omega was legal when there was no tag. They probably did that four times. Yeah, I, was, I know of at mm, least one or two times that they changed a legal person without a tag. If you just just have Jr. come out and say, guys, I'm sorry to tell you this. We no longer have rules in tag team matches. From this point forward, AEW, what we do is acrobatics and set up spots, and we really want you to be impressed by it. And you should be, because it is impressive. But we're not doing tag team matches anymore. Guys just go in and do shit. If you just told me that, then I can just decide either either I don't like that and I'll stop watching, or I can sit down and go, well, this is what I'm trying to watch. But don't tell me this is a tag team match. Don't tell me that there is a single rule to follow. Don't tell me that Kenny Omega is a baby face or a he. I don't have this. Everything about this sucked. Everything about this was unbelievable. And I was pissed off that I watched the whole thing. Uh, I liked some of the action. I liked some of the spots. I... Like this, uh, even though it wasn't part of the actual match, FTR hanging out with Hangman. Because I feel like that sets up issues. I I like something going on that I hope is happening, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And I like Kenny kind of snapping after the match. I feel like that's good character development. You are you shaking your head at me that you don't agree with that? I my wife is a uh, was a dancer. She she was in plays and dance. She uh, she chore- choreographs uh, uh, pieces and uh, things for this 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 show that her college puts on, her university puts on every year. 
I know that what I'm seeing when I watch that is really impressive. I know that these dancers are really, really talented. And some of the things they're doing is re- are really impressive. But I don't know anything about dance. And when I watched the Young Bucks, well, I, and when I'm you not, said... I'm not talking about, about the choreographing of the moves. No, no, what you said, what you said was there were spots that I liked. Yeah. There were spots that I found really impressive. Well, I, I saw you shaking no your head context. to the Kenny Omega. Oh no, 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 stuff. no! I, I was just, I was just thinking about this whole, the whole oh, thing you were okay. saying. I thought you were there specifically was, not happy about no, 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 Kenny's no. thing. No, there, there was just no context to anything they did. Yes, do it. A week ago, we saw a Canadian destroyer from the ring out to a bunch of people catching them. This week, we saw one from the ramp into the ring. That is amazing. It is amazing that they did that, but there was no context. It meant nothing. It didn't lead to a pin. There is no reason to do it. So, yes, were some of the spots impressive? Sure. The acrobats at the circus, when there were still circuses, were impressive. But I didn't care about any of them, and I can't care about any of these people. So when Kenny Omega turns... Yeah, is that more development? Well, considering his development is, I'm a guy who does shit. I never cut a decent promo. I don't have any real personality whatsoever to speak of in the first place. Yeah, I guess I do like it. I just have a hard time caring about the person. Because he's never given me one fucking thing to care about. His matches are the most re- are completely repetitive. They're the same thing over and over again. Never sells anything. It, it's just I, I I hope it leads to something. But the match, entire match leading up to it, was just a bunch of gobbledygook. Okay, that's my that's my professional opinion. How about the tag match before that with FTR and Lucha Brothers? Because I enjoyed this match. Oh, it was real good until they decided to break down all the rules and have nobody be legal and do the exact same thing that happened later on. The first half of this match was wonderful. It was a tag match. It was great. I, I Dax doing those low-angle suplexes and them actually tagging in and out. But then they just, the whole thing broke down. The finish was great. Yeah. The, the, this this match suffered from Cody Rhodes disease. <laughs> Pull out 3 minutes where nothing mattered, nobody sold anything. I mean, there was a point where all four of the guys were down in that one big spot where knees got put up. And then the two legal guys rolled out of the ring and the two illegal guys just wrestled for a few minutes in the match, in the ring, and then went to the outside and did more shit. Just, you cannot make that matter to me. It's not part of the match. It doesn't need to be there. At one point, you had um, Dax uh, or Cash pull, um, uh, Pentagon was going to do his whole thing where he pulls his glove off, and he stepped on the glove. He didn't let him do it. And I was like, that's great. And they were doing really, really good stuff. And then they had a chunk of three minutes, where they all went out the window and it was a shit garbage match where a bunch of stuff happens. And then we went into a really, really cool finish. That's the exact kind of thing that I want to see from FTR. And it was great. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't recall any 
any stuff that really set me off like uh, like you you are there with the the Cody Rhodes syndrome I I just thought I I remember the beginning part portions of it yes the he stepped on Pentagon's hand the the two of them got into a very stiff uh chopping battle that ended up with Dax uh having his chest busted open uh that I thought was really cool and I I thought it was just a solid tag match. I'm I I'm not going to say I'm sorry that I don't agree with you on some of it there, but like I think as a whole we we think that it was a good match. Me maybe a little bit more than you, but uh, I great finish. I like seeing them take liberties there because that is a little more heelish, which I feel like their characters are better suited to be. Yes. Rather than being buddy buddies with the Bucks. And then uh, after the match to just pour beer on Kenny, uh, I dug that too. Like that seems like a heelish thing to do, but I don't know. Nowadays, sometimes heelish things can be babyface things. The character stuff afterwards is exactly where we should be. It's it's a step in the right direction. They 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 stepped in a bucket, right? They 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 stepped out, uh, and they they kind of ruined what they had going on. The, the FTR was going to come in and beat the shit out of everybody and prove every, prove that they were a tag team and nobody else does tag team wrestling in AEW. That's what they basically said. These yeah. guys all suck. We're the best. Then they started being buddy buddy with the Bucks like the next day. Stupid. I hated all of that. Now they're taking a step back. They didn't turn down the bucks, but you know Omega turned down their beer a week ago, so or two weeks ago. So they're gonna give it back to them. Love that. They're buddying up with Paige, who's his partner. Love that. I think also that might be. I'm hoping that is leading to something else in a, in a grander sense. But it just it makes me sad when I watch the start of a match and go, man, I love this. I love everything these two guys are doing. I love the fact that the Lucha Bros can do all this great athletic stuff, but it works within the context of a match that has rules that can be broken. And then they just do a bunch of crap. That do- I'm telling you, you, you said you don't remember this. At one point, the two legal men literally roll out of the ring, and we have a three-minute time period where the two illegal people just wrestle. I, How is I that, that. Wh- in what universe do you do that? You just it is. They have not done an MJF promo in weeks. They have not done anything with Sean Spears in weeks. There is tons of people on this roster that could use a two minute talking segment. Uh, in the Cody match, they did a whole thing with the the turnbuckle that was completely unnecessary. They could have chopped two minutes off there. They could have chopped two or three minutes off this other team. They could have done two. They could have done two or three promo packages or interviews to get some other people over and get them some exposure. You don't need all this time if you've only got this story to tell. Tell this story. You don't need to draw it out and do a bunch of other stuff. Uh, that's that's just the stuff that drives me crazy. But no, I love these guys. I love FTR. They still do tag matches for the most part, and I will I'll pop for that every time I see it. Okay, uh, so talking, uh, you mentioned Cody in there. Let's let's talk about Cody a little bit here. And here's the thing that is starting to bug me about Cody. 
not just uh, the that his matches need to be just a, a tad bit shorter, but I feel like he's being matched up with a number of baby faces that he is then playing quasi heel, like almost de facto oh, yeah. heel uh, against. And I don't know if that necessarily makes sense as his for his character. But then again, he I, doesn't have a defining storyline going on right now. So I don't know what his character really is. He's not feuding with anyone in particular. So is this like Cody doing whatever it takes to stay champion? Like whether it be what Arn Anderson tells him or he defies Arn Anderson from time to time. Is is this the the long story in it all? So there's a rumor going around. I don't know if this is actually a rumor or just a person like you and I putting something online about booking AEW and, and someone picked up and ran with it. But the rumor is is that Cody is going to head a new four horsemen faction with FTR and possibly Sean Spears or somebody else. That's why Tully's in the audience. They keep talking about him being out there for Cody matches. That's why Cody's playing he a little bit more, and they're going to do something like that. You know, Cody is... Cody's a guy I care about the most on the program. The The one I want to see win the most. He's the one that I'm invested in because you know what? He's the best talker. He goes out there and sells himself. And we talked about it over and over again, some of his promos. And even though he's not the best wrestler in the company, by far, his matches are the ones that, to me, I get behind um, and most believable. But you know what? Those are the guys that make the best heels. The guys you care about. When they turn, you care. Yeah. I love the idea, honestly. Uh, so if that's where they're going with this, because and, but this is my problem with it, with this show in particular, they started out by saying he's off his game. He wanted to do the, sing, the slingshot suplex, and it didn't happen, which I think was a timing issue. I don't think it was planned. But well covered and by the announced team. Expertly covered by the announced team. They're not, the announced team is very good because they call what they see for the most part. But uh, then they told the story of him kind of being a heel. He's doing heel things. He's... He's he's going against Arn Anderson and his advice from the outside, and they were telling this story that was overt but still relatively subtle. I we all got the message, but it wasn't smacking us in the face. Then he pulls the freaking turnbuckle pad off, and then we go to all balls to the wall. We're telling you that Cody's a heel. I, I it was it was it wasn't subtle anymore. It was it was just out there in neon, twenty feet tall for me and I didn't like that I thought they did the story exactly how they were supposed to Cody was a little bit overconfident he was a little bit off his game because of that he started kind of having his viciousness side come out and he's willing to do anything and this person is a baby face he's fighting and he'll do anything and then yeah let him hug hug Sonny Kiss at the end and, and redeem himself but we know we saw that Cody Rhodes underneath the surface. We saw him show himself for who he is. All that worked. Cut out the frickin' turnbuckle spot. Cody took the turnbuckle. Didn't factor in the finish. That's stupid. If that was the, that was the most vicious song we saw in the match, but it should it should have left to a finish, but it didn't. Uh, 
But I, other than that, I thought this was good. This was an angle. This was not a match. Mm-hmm. To me, this was an angle and a well-done angle until they overdid it. Uh, there, I, I feel like there's something to be said about the the end of it where you, you mentioned how he he hugs Sonny Kiss and it's like, oh, he like holds his hand up. That that can be a heelish thing too. That can be an over like a super confident, uh, almost sociopathic like yeah. behavior. Like, look at look at him. He he fought hard, but he lost to me. Like yeah. I'm still great, but he tried his best. There's some good stuff going there. I just think that they did. They just went a little farther and a little more than they needed to do, which is what a Cody Rhodes match unfortunately ends up being. Uh, but I like, I like the overall theme. Like I said, I love the angle, thought the match was okay, but you know what? The angle in this situation is more important than the match because yeah. no one thought Sonny Kiss was going to win this title. The angle is all you need there. And that's what I think is lost so often in trying to, on these Wednesday night wars and what's going on in SmackDown and Raw. Sometimes just run the angle. Yeah. We don't need an overdone, overbooked match to push that. And now let's talk a little bit about this little faction thing going on. Have you heard the rumor that I just told you? No. About the Four Horsemen thing? Okay. No, first time. So I've been thinking, because obviously Spears is connected with Tully Blanchard, even though they're not even appearing on camera anymore, or Tully gave him a glove. It's a big deal because the glove was used by DiBiase years ago, and they didn't really do a good job telling the story on that. But I haven't seen Spears on TV at all recently. Spears, Cody, FTR as a new incarnation of the Four Horsemen with Tully and Arn being their managers, so to speak. What do you think? I I think that that's a pretty impressive team. Do you think Spears belongs in it? No. Okay. I, so here's my that's question that's to you. not that is not to be a knock at at Spears, who is talented in his own right in so many aspects of the of the game. He's a he's a great worker. He has the ability to create hype around himself and a story around himself and tell even make the worst or make the best out of the worst. We've seen him do that in WWE. Uh, I just, I feel like you need a real kind of muscle guy. So in there. I was thinking the same thing. Who would you pick? Because I, I think you would I think you'd be on board with a heel Cody who eventually would yeah. turn babyface and get kicked out of the group and have an amazing feud with somebody. I think that FTR is perfect for it. Who's your fourth? Yeah. Just so, I you, so just so you know, I've got a guy. I, I'm sure you do. Part of me wants to say Cage uh, because he is a big, muscly dude, but he can he can hold himself in the ring. So he's a, he's a more modern day big big guy. Wardlow would uh, work in that role too. Wardlow's one of the one of the five or four or five really big guys they have. Looks good in the suit. I, I, I'm with you on Wardlow. 
a complete wild card would be to take the mask off of uh, Luchasaurus <laughs> and and like turn him uh, into like a corporate guy. So here's my guy, Adam Page. Adam Page is the yeah. guy. Adam Page. He's Barry Windham. He's Barry. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. And listen, he, there's there's not a lot of comparisons, I don't think, to, to Barry Windham. Uh, but I don't know why you and I both came up with that exact same <laughs> that, that exact same analogy. Uh, I, I can't justify it, but I feel that way. Page is not huge. He's a normal-sized person yeah. on that roster. He's not especially jacked. But he but wrestles he, big. He's and thick. it's believable. He's thick, and he, like I said, he wrestles bigger than he actually is. He also loves to go out drinking. <laughs> yeah, right. He's got that badass personality, and lo and behold, we saw FTR buddying up to him at the bar. Yeah, another guy that if he turns heel and turns babyface later on, we'll love him more. Now, I don't know if you could keep all those guys happy with feuds because of factions and all the kind of stuff that goes on in weekly, te- weekly television. And sometimes AEW's inability to book consistently. But Cody, Adam Page, and FTR as a faction? Eh, that would be pretty fucking impressive. I'd have a, And the problem is right there, unfortunately, I'd have a hard time booing them. Yeah. Because I love every one of those people. But I, I do think it could be fun. Anyway, that was my little aside when it came to that. And when I saw FTR buddy up to him at the bar, I'm like, oh, are they really going to do this? And, you know, like thinking about this more is they could have done like if Spears has been had been a more important part of the show recently and been on more involved in matches, always like with Tully, they could have Tully completely spur him for the to create the rest of the group and have Spears be the automatic babyface against them like he's been turned on and uh, by his manager and this now ultra mega heel faction beats him down he could be a sympathetic babyface instantly and he, and, but they and, they need to have him on TV more to make that happen well, that's true. But they can join him up with Moxley and yeah. Jungle Boy and Darby, some of the people that are actually relatively over for that crowd. There's a lot of things you can do yeah. with it. I, I don't I, I still think it's you know, it's in this infancy if it's gonna happen. It's still just something that is out there in the ether. But it's just a fun little thing to play around with. Um We got a little so, yes. sidetracked on this uh this show though. Well, yeah, for sure. But I mean listen, yes yeah. Cody is teasing a heel turn. Hundred percent. At least they, I'll do anything to win. We and we had FTR buddying up to to Page. So you know these are the kind of they, they led into this conversation uh, for me. But and they also they keep te- they in, and Tully. They talked about Tully during the Cody match. They talked about Tully during the FTR match. Yeah. They did not talk about him the entire other time. Now this would work better if Tully came out. And sat down for Cody, and they said, oh, he went back. He he walked back into the concession area, wherever the fuck it was, and then he came back out specifically for the FTR match. Yeah. Because it looked like he was just hanging out in the crowd watching the whole thing. Though they were back-to-back and, matches. 
Oh, they were, but it would be better. If there was a segment in between or whatever it was. They're, they could have done that where it was more more overt, but they sold it on commentary. That's yeah. how they did it. They didn't show it. They told us. They didn't show us. Anyway, then, uh, I mean, anything else to talk about other than the title match? Because there was a bunch of other stuff that happened. Well, we got, we got uh, Vicky Guerrero is the manager of Nyla Rose. That does nothing for me. Does yeah, do anything for you? Not really. Uh, I, I mean, I, I I appreciated what v- Vicky was around during my kind of lull uh, in watching uh, WWE when she was um, managing Edge and and she was the I think she was GM of SmackDown for a period of time. I, I I get what she can bring, but for Nyla Rose, I I don't like that that combination. Who knows? I could be proven wrong, but I I just think someone a little more nefarious. And sure, she was uh, Vicky was married to Mister Lie, Cheat, and Steal, which are all terms of being nefarious. But I. I'm not this sold is what, yet. This is what I don't like about this. I had very limited exposure to Vicky Guerrero on WWE television. Her and her grating voice screaming, excuse me. Never, maybe I'm wrong, but from what I saw, never got the kind of heat you want to get. Yeah. It was, please stop this heat. If Vicky would have came out, cool, calm, not the WWE character that we saw, Maybe with a little a little bit of Eddie in there, a little bit of overconfidence, a little bit of swagger, and said, look who I have right here. I've got the baddest woman on the planet, and all she needed was me, because I've got the brains and she's got the brawn, and I'm going to show you what she can do. Coming out screaming her WWE catchphrase screams to me, T-N-A. Not AEW. It streams. I'm trying to play off my old character, and I'm not going to get out of my own box, and I'm going to do what you expect me to do. And Cody Rhodes didn't do that. FTR is trying not to do that. So it, it seems like a mistake to me from from the outset. I think it could have been done so much better. Uh, now I'm armchair quarterback here for sure, but that's just my two cents. Yeah, I uh, that's that's a great point. Yeah. We've we've seen people like Jericho reinvent himself and not always go to the well too much, uh, and yeah, so like create something new, and yeah, that makes don't, sense. Don't be a WWE derivative knockoff, yeah. like TNA was for ten years. Um, the the speaking of Jericho, the uh, orange juice. It happened. It wasn't terrible. That wasn't a terrible angle. I mean, seeing uh, Ortiz over sell, right? Yeah, just you know, flop around. It's fine. It's fine. I, I I don't really have a problem with it. What about they signed off with him going? I got covered in orange juice. I, listen, Jericho's funny, and he yeah. he does it. He's entertaining, and he sold that well. Like I said. Orange Cassidy overperformed in that match for me. 
I didn't like a couple things. I thought it was too silly, but he did a good job. I'm not offended that this feud is going to continue. I just want, I want the inner circle to stop being so silly. These were some of the baddest people in the company at one point. And now they're comedy fodder. They're either in comedy matches, like the stupid fucking football stadium garbage. Or comedy segments. Or funny, or comedy segments like the, the, the bubbly bunch. They're not believable as badass motherfuckers that want to run the company. And that's what they were so good at when when that faction was going in the right direction. So yeah, they can get they can get played the fool. But I think it was overdone having people slipping around like they're on a banana peel. It just wasn't necessary. They were already made fun of. Jericho's selling it on commentary for the next hour. Let that let that be the thing. And nothing then you know what? Next week, if you really want to book this and you want to up the ante, before the stupid stadium stampede, the the last great thing that that faction did was beat up one of the young bucks and crush his head underneath a, a, a roll-up door. Yeah. That's the last time that they had any teeth and, they, they, and that that faction mattered, really. They Pretty go much, out yeah. next week. And they beat the living piss out of the best friends. I mean, bloody beaten. We don't see them for weeks. And Orange Cassidy has to fend for himself. Get these guys back on the serious track. Get this to elevate the feud. Make us actually care about it. Make Orange Cassidy actually emote a little bit more. And let's get the teeth back in the inner circle. Because right now, they're puppies. They're puppies playing around with comedy segments. And they're in a match with Jurassic Express next week. I mean, one of those guys is really good. Jungle Boy. Yeah. Got a lot of freaking promise. Luchasaurus looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's something. <laughs> I mean, and it's, and it's not just, I mean, it's Hager and Jericho. Yeah. Uh, it's, so it's 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 not Marco Stunt involved. I I don't know. There's there's just so many better ways. I want more serious. I want less funny. Yeah. But and and this is coming from someone who appreciates good comedy in wrestling. Like, it's. I don't want it when you step inside those ropes. I don't want funny. I just don't want it. I, I don't still, want it I still debate that with you, but, no, no, I, but I, you, I get you, I get what you mean. You want something different, and I, and I respect that. But when I step inside the ropes, I don't want funny. I, I, a segment, an interview could have comedy leanings, but it should not be overall, this is funny, and we did this for a gas. It should be advancing an angle that we're supposed to care about. Because when you leave it going, ha ha, that was hilarious. At no point do I want anyone to fight anybody else anymore. And that's 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 where I leave it. Okay. So let's talk about the main event then. Mox Cage. We've been teased this for a while now. Tale of two matches. Yeah. There was a match that happened in the ring, and there was a match that happened outside the ring. Match that happened outside the ring, pointless, added nothing to the the equation, adding nothing to the match. 
could have been thrown out the door. Everything would have been fine. Match that happened and in the ring. Could like could have resulted in a disqualification. Well, I mean, listen, this is the thing that drove me crazy. The commentary can talk all day and night about referees' discretion <laughs> and all this garbage. It was sloppy. It was flat-footed, and it meant nothing. There was no, uh, there was no energy in it. Nothing that happened on the outside felt real or believable. It was plodding steps from this area to this area, unconvincing bumps taken on to, uh, you know, the, the, the barriers, which I, I believe are just like, you know, bike racks. It, it was just unconvincing and unnecessary. It meant nothing. It did nothing to up the tension of that match because no one sold anything. The only thing that was decent in the entire thing that happened outside was when Moxley put Cage's arm through one of those barriers and kicked it. He could have done that with a rope. He could have done that with the, uh, with the, with anything. With, he could have done that with the ring post. He could have, they could have done that on the outside in a 10 second time period and thrown the guy back into the ring. If you want to book a match where there's no countouts, just Book the match. Book it that way. Or, second option, learn how to lay out a match. Because nothing, including the suplex onto the chair, added anything to that match. No, because I, I feel like the match was based around what Moxley built up in that little vignette is Cage's arm. And... Moxley working on Cage's arm was great. Was great. Yeah. That was wonderful. It, it was it, a great match in that way. It showed the th- a thing that you and I both know, and I feel like almost everyone knows, is Moxley has the ability to be a good chain wrestler, like yeah. a good submission wrestler. Like he has those skills. We've seen glimpses of it in WWE. We've seen glimpses of it here in AEW. Like, dude can put together a good match with chain wrestling. And I thought that that stuff was fantastic. Like, trying to, like, take apart the machine, if you will. Uh, like, Who would have thunk it? It was a yeah. great idea. And that, yeah. that all worked. So the two big spots on the outside, if you really want to break it down, if you don't count my the Moxley in the kicking chair. the arm, the barricade in the chair, both happened to Moxley. Neither led to even a attempted pinfall. Not even yeah. an attempted pinfall, let alone a pinfall. So the two most impressive spots on the outside in the, in the very light, delicate slam onto the bike rack meant nothing. Didn't look impressive, couldn't be impressive, wasn't impressive. Suplex under the chair looked like it fucking hurt. Yeah. Looked like it might have done some damage. You wouldn't have known it because Moxley was up freaking on offense within 45 seconds. None of that mattered and added nothing to the match. They just did it. All the stuff that happened in the match, like you talked about, with Moxley working the arm was great. Cage powering out of it, using his bulk, his size, his mass to to be able to thwart it. Great stuff. Cut all that other garbage out. 
give me the, the, the program to recut that match. I'll make you love it up into the finish, which I know you didn't care for. No. I didn't care for all the stuff after the finish. I, I, did, I didn't either. I did not mind Taz throwing in the towel. It's a way to keep a guy, listen, it's a way to keep a guy kind of whole. It's a little bit of a cheat. I don't deny that. My big problem was one thing. Moxley was working the left arm the entire match. So Finish I'm was on the right to, arm. I'm led to believe that he tore his left bicep, not his right. Yeah. Then the last thing he does that prompts Taz to throw his towel in, as you just said, is on the right arm. How can you screw that up? Yeah. How do you... By the way, the transitions and all the stuff that Moxley did were beautiful. Yeah. Him transitioning from the left to the right during that submission was awesome. But at some point, he should have transition, transitioned back to the left. Or he just should have started on the left and or the right and worked to the left or figured something else out. Because I wasn't led to believe that Brian Cage tore both his biceps, I was led to believe he tore a bicep. Yeah. And if and if I'm wrong, commentary, you got to pick that up and tell me a better story. Yeah. So that was a big problem. I didn't mind in principle Taz throwing in the towel. I thought that the commentary did a good job covering it in a lot of ways. But all the stuff afterwards seemed very anticlimactic. I think this match was hurt by pacing issues. Mostly because of the outside garbage. Yeah. And then I think, oddly enough, pacing became an issue in the aftermath as well. Because I felt like we had just... They they just lingered on Darby and, and, and Mox in the ring for ultra long. With Cage just continually trying like... I'm going to come back in the ring. Oh, no, I'm going to be stopped. I'm coming back. No, I'm being stopped. I'm coming back. Like It was like, hey, guys, you, you went home a little too quick. We still got a minute to go. So fill time. That He also wasn't selling. He wasn't selling his arm during no. it. Uh, is Darby the Undertaker now? <laughs> Does he have magic lights go out power? Darby My fiance Allen. goes when the lights go out. Did Undertaker retire from WWE and come to AEW? <laughs> Why did Darby As a need complete a joke, she said that, and I loved it. If he would have just come out and make the save, honestly, I know there's no live crowd there, but it would have been a bigger reaction for Darby just to come out and make the save. Yeah, It wasn't necessary. Uh, I'm telling you, it's getting to the point. I, I said this about Tom Phillips. His middle name should be unnecessary. All unnecessary wrestling. They do things that just are not necessary to get the story over. They they overthink everything they do. They overthink the outside stuff, the, the, the bumps that should be impressive but somehow aren't impressive because they didn't matter in the finish. They overthink the, the overtly set up spots. And I just, I, I don't understand. It, it, there was some really, really good stuff underlying in this match. And it deserve the the, the 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 main title, the world championship. They just, they fumbled through so much of it that it made it, the entire thing, less impressive and less interesting. Yeah. 
Um, oddly enough, I feel like we're we're now after all of this, pretty much on the same page <laughs> for <laughs> for the main event. Every um, everything but the uh, some of the tag match stuff. I got you. Yeah, I I think so. You know, um, one of the what, what were you gonna say? I'm sorry. I I I was gonna transition out, but uh, go ahead and say what you were gonna say. All I was going to say is that when I was talking about the the overdone, overbooked, all this kind of stuff, I cannot help but thinking that so many of the guys in this promotion, and even guys in the WWE, guys like uh, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, so many of them worked in front of very small crowds for a long time, and their job was to impress them the most with the amount of time they got with them. And they weren't able to tell stories over weeks and months. I cannot help but think that that is one of the reasons why I'm not impressed with the product very often. You don't have to do every move you can possibly do to make sure that when you're back in Hoboken, New Jersey, someone comes out to see you again because they only see you once a month. You, we see you every week. You don't got to do everything you know how to do. You don't have to do the most debilitating, insane thing. The story is important. And if you slow down and you give us just a little bit of those things and show us some of those really impressive moves and those really... The first time I saw the Young Bucks on AEW, I was like, wow, these guys are great. And then when I saw all those moves for the next three weeks, I went, oh, these guys are pretty good. And now I go... Oh, well, all you got is these moves. There's nothing to your matches. There's no storytelling. There's just you guys doing really impressive physical things. And that's the problem that I have. That's a, a fantastic point is you do have so many of these guys coming from the indies and, and that's exactly it is they, they work almost a touring schedule um, to where a lot of your matches are not storyline based. They are exhibition style matches. They're just matches that were booked for the show uh, to take place, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, you got to have some matches like that, that fill a card, especially on an indie style, non-televised match that it, or card that is a three to four hour show with an intermission, some somewhere mixed in there. You have to fill some time, but, and, and maybe that's why I give a little bit of leniency to some of this stuff is because I was a big follower of ring of honor at one point and especially it will not especially all before the television uh, stuff took place because they were just strictly a touring company at that point. There were storylines, of course, but there was stuff that just was spectacle, uh, like matches that were they they had squash matches just to get people on the show and to get those big moves out there and some of even the big matches that were exhibition stuff was just spectacle of getting those big moves out and I I think about that more now after you say that and that was impressive to me at that time because it was a different type of wrestling that I hadn't seen Uh, so it was it was impressive to me 
but I I completely see your argument to it and I see where you would think that someone would be impressed by it because that's what they they were into is they were seeing these people live in whatever hall in Dayton, Ohio, uh, maybe once every three months and they would catch some of the DVDs, the YouTube clips and stuff like that. And that's what they became like. I want to see those spots from those guys because they're so cool. I would, I would love, and, and I know I, I rag on this style of wrestling and I get frustrated, but I would love to see the young bucks. I think they're very good. I think they're, I think that they, they think about what, how they lay out matches. I just think that when they do stuff, they're not doing it for me. I would love to see the, the, the young bucks work a match versus FTR in a way, not exactly the same way, but in a way that FTR worked against a DIY or against American Alpha. I'd like to see them work a match with more holds. I'd love to see them build to something, not do the most impressive move in the match in minute two. Because with their athleticism and their passion for wrestling, which is apparent, yeah, I think it would be the best. It would be incredible. I would love to become a fan of these guys. I would love to to like Omega more. I would love to... Uh, the first time I saw the Lucha Bros, I said, these guys are doing things that I could not imagine human beings do. Yeah. And then after I saw it a bunch of times, I went, okay, I, I guess they do this stuff and that's cool. There's a lot of diminishing returns there mm-hmm. uh, because they haven't done enough to get me invested in who they were as characters and in, in the, in the storylines. So... That that has stuck out to me recently, and I I, I want I want to be proven wrong. I want to be showed something a little bit different, but it seems like we're going in the opposite direction. <laughs> it seems like we're going more towards everything's a spot. FTR is doing more of this stuff. I, I don't think we're anywhere close to that. I think six months from now, nothing's going to matter, and we're just going to be basically doing spot shows. On every Wednesday night. I, I hope not. I, I hope not too. Just for our sanity. <laughs> um, I, I think that about wraps up uh, our, our discussion of Fight for the Fallen. Um, is, is there anything else that you want to touch on? I think the I've... world of pro wrestling? I think I've touched on plenty. All right. In that case, let's. <laughs> you very confused. Uh, yeah, I, I was. I was gonna say. I was gonna say something, but like, I, I felt like it would have been just like. That's okay. Quasi insulting. <laughs> so I was just like, no, I'm not gonna say that. Insult me after we go off the air. Oh, okay. Perfect. Uh, in that case, thanks everyone once again for joining us. Uh, check out our social media. We're at Miss Spots. And uh, listen to the show on any of the major podcast apps, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all of those wonderful places. Also, our website, MissBotsPodcast.com or simply MissBots.com. For Kevin, my name is Mike. We'll see you next week. Good night. Good wrestling.